Well, welcome again. To, uh, again, we're filling in for Norm tonight, and uh, we're going to be in First uh, Timothy chapter one tonight, and uh, we're going to be looking at a verse here, and our text verse is uh, found in chapter one, verse sixteen of First Timothy. <clears throat> Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. And that's the uh, title of our message tonight is a pattern for salvation by grace alone. <clears throat> and as we look at this, you know, Paul, he he wrote this to Timothy and and he was uh, wont to write about this subject uh, quite a bit in the New Testament, and and it's a, a just a beautiful pattern of salvation by grace alone. And and back in verse 15, he said, "This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save." Sinners of whom I am chief or foremost or the worst one or what have you, the the, the number one sinner and and uh, kind of expresses that sentiment that that uh, publican in that prayer with the uh, Pharisee said in the temple, uh, "Lord, have mercy on me, the, the sinner," and, and uh, that's the way he viewed himself as just the worst and. <clears throat> So the Apostle Paul here is giving counsel by the Holy Spirit to Timothy, declares the, the purpose of God in his own conversion as a pattern to them which should believe on him, on Christ, to eternal life. And in this pattern, this, this word, we're all familiar with a pattern. If you make dresses, you get a pattern and you lay it out on the fabric and draw a line around it and then cut it out and, and it's the same Unless I do it, it's the same as uh, same shape as the pattern, and then you sew it all together, and voila, you have clothes. And uh, so, the pattern means a sketch or a die or a stamp by which something may be used for for imitation or or uh, for comparison, even. And in this case, it declares the the purpose of the Almighty Sovereign God in His wisdom and for His glory and honor in saving a people who rightly are, are not deserving of mercy, love, and grace. And as we look at the history of the, this, our beloved apostle Paul here, as noted in the scripture, he declares himself over and over. Uh, we, we find the things that are, that are typical, things that distinguish the people upon whom God has mercy. And, and we'll, we'll kind of go through some of these scriptures quickly here in a little bit in Acts chapter 8 and 9 and chapter 22 and 26 and 1 Corinthians 15 Galatians 1 and Philippians 3 and in all those cases he he just declares what a terrible person he was and 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 you know we we kind of wonder sometimes we think you know why does God let things happen like that? You know, like he was just awful ornery to the church and he's helped kill some of them and he, some of them that were going to be sentenced to death, he voted against them and and 
caused many of them to be arrested and all those things that we'll look at here in a minute. And, and all this time he had this view of himself as, as righteous in the law and he dotted all the boxes in being a, uh, of the lineage of Benjamin, of, the tri of Abraham and, and <clears throat> uh, Pharisee of the Pharisees and all those things. And uh, so <clears throat> again, we just, have, we just have to look at those as a pattern. We, uh, it doesn't. It it just shows us all the many things that are are useless in trying to come to God in salvation. And you know, he thought he was doing God a favor by going and arresting those Christians and getting rid of them and shutting them up. And uh, <clears throat> so, <clears throat> as we look at this, we note that Paul, as after his conversion, he relates that. He was elected or chosen of God, which thing he had a previously had an incorrect understanding of, in which he related solely to again to his being a, a Jew of the tribe of Benjamin. I, I'm in the chosen uh, lineage of Abraham, so therefore, I'm I'm in that chosen one, chosen batch, and and we 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 look at all those scriptures that he he wrote, and we find that. <clears throat> Certainly, he had no merit by which to recommend him to God. In fact, the we find the very opposite was was true. He was at enmity with with God and with God's Christ. And in uh, the scriptures we'll look at here in a minute, said he was uh, he did those things that were contrary to Jesus, contrary against him. And while he thought he was in his mind, he thought he was doing God a service. He was at enmity with God and all the injuries that he inflicted on the people of God. Those who believed that Jesus was the Son of God who came and died for their sins according to the Scriptures was in fact uh, for the furtherance of the Gospel. All those people, uh, you, you know, uh, Paul said that about himself that he, he, he endured a lot of hardships and he was stoned and he was thrown in prison and he was whipped and beaten and shipwrecked and and all manner of awful things happened to him and after he was converted and he said you know it turned out that all these things were the for the furtherance of the gospel and <clears throat> you know I'm sure those people at the time probably said well I don't see what good is going to come out of this <laughs> I don't really feel like being taken to Jerusalem and whipped and put on trial and thrown in prison and and being maltreated. But you know, it's uh, God has His purposes and and He elaborates on those here in this, as we'll see in our scriptures tonight. And and <clears throat> so those people that that He was injurious to probably could say the same thing well it wasn't good but it turned out to be for the furtherance of the gospel we have their we have their trials and things written down for us right here in the in the scriptures so God had in his long suffering in fact directed all the steps of this man to accomplish his divine will and purpose and God that, that God ordered and arranged for Saul of Tarsus to intersect with the gospel at an appointed time it tells us in acts chapter 9 he said when it pleased god to reveal his his son in me and 
we find that the gospel was made effective according to the that sovereign timing of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit there from and uh, <clears throat> so with that kind of a bit of introduction, we're going to read this uh, now that I've gone through most of the stuff. <laughs> we're going to read a little bit here from First Timothy, and uh, and he's he just it seems like he can hardly believe his good fortune when he's writing to Timothy that what what he got compared to what he was blessed with and what he received. In First Timothy one twelve, he says, "I thank Christ Jesus our Lord." who hath enabled me, for that he, he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. You know, he said, I'm just like the, the he said, I'm just the last person that that should have happened to. He said, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And you know, that same thing, uh, it's not an excuse for, for him what, what he did but that same thing could be written about anybody everybody everything we do in our unregenerate state we do it ignorant, ignorantly and in unbelief and so he's no different than, than anybody else that the Lord has mercy on there and he said the great thing was that the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant even though he did all these things and he was all those things and he caused all those things. The Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. It just tells you that when God looked at him, even though he was committing all these heinous acts and doing all these things that was contrary to him, God looked at him through the lens of Christ and said, he's mine and at the right time, at my appointed time, I'm going to bring him in and... <clears throat> I'll have mercy on him. <clears throat> and <clears throat> so he says, after he uh, speaks about all the things that he was and how, how exceedingly graceful Christ was toward him, he says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Well, that was the point of the whole dialogue, the point of the whole report there, that uh, all those things that he did, Christ was more abundant in grace than he was in, in doing the evil that he did. And, and, and it's a good thing for us to remember and as we bring the gospel uh, to people that, you know, we're all guilty of something in in our former lives and and even now and 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 yet God has abundant grace for us and abundant mercy and and He came to save sinners. Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy that in me Christ Jesus might show show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should have hereafter believe on Him to everlasting life. Now unto the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. And now this charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them might war a good warfare. And so uh, then he goes on to talk about some 
some folks that were uh, ruiners of the gospel and causing havoc and to beware of them, but uh, that's not our point tonight. So we'll just stick with where we were going here, that that God was long-suffering toward him according to his eternal purposes, and and <clears throat> that's the way we have to look at it. And uh, You know, when Saul of Tarsus was at the time of his conversion, and, and I'm sure you're all aware of that, uh, scriptures in, in Acts 8 9 there where he, he got orders from the, he, he was so zealous against the Christians that he went to the high priest and, and he got letters of Mark against the Christians in Jeru- in uh, Damascus to ha- have them arrested and, and he was kind of going out of his way to persecute them and have them arrested and and so when we see him on that road to Damascus, he was not in search of repentance. He was not remorseful. And in fact, he was pretty boastful and prideful in his own pretended righteousness, he tells us. You know, hey, I thought I was a Pharisee of the Pharisees and and uh, I had the right birth certificate and uh, I did all the law. I kept all the law. And uh, as as keeping the law, he said, I was guiltless. In that, in that, how people's view of themselves is. I'm not, I'm not guilty of. I didn't do any of those things. But, but you know, our, our heart is deceitful. And, but when I was uh, typing, uh, putting this together, and I, I was thinking of a Mike's lesson here uh, uh, a week ago or so, and and he was talking about the the different people how they react to the gospel. Some people react to the gospel and the spirit works in them and and he illuminates their heart, gives them a new heart. And, and, and he read some scriptures from Acts chapter 2 and 4, I believe, where uh, <clears throat> they were pricked in their hearts and the Lord added to them 3,000 souls that day such as should be saved. And, and another time it was 5,000. They were they were pricked in their hearts, and then he mentioned that he, the same message in in uh, key points was preached to some other folks, and they were it says they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth, and they rejected it, and they hated it, and and they were so far from from uh, being converted that it, they were just the opposite, and so those two two areas where we have the, the the effects of the gospel there and and so here is Paul on this road and and all these things uh, happened to him and you know the Lord said in, in let's turn over there to Acts chapter 9 and And we'll read just the first uh, half dozen or so verses. Uh, And Saul, in verse 1 of chapter 9, Saul yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly 
there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to earth, and he heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? You know, and, and Jesus said when, when he's talking about the, uh, and he's dividing up the sheep and the goats, and, and he, he, he's talking to the sheep, and he says, when I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. And when I was needed comfort, you took care of that. And they said, but when did we do all that? You know, and, and, and he says, well, as much as you did it unto the least of one of these, my brothers, you did it unto me. And so I think that's applicable here where he says, why, why persecutest thou me? He was, after, he was on his way to arrest the disciples. And he said in verse 5, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And uh, that's the same thing that, that Mike read in Acts chapter 2 and uh, chapter 4, I think, that they were pricked in their hearts when they heard the gospel. And I'm sure that, that uh, the, the key difference was that the, the Lord uh, added them to the church at that time. And, but in Paul's case, you know, he heard that, he certainly heard the gospel when Stephen was preaching. And I'm sure he was pricked in the heart, but it, it wasn't enough. He had to have the, the work of the Holy Spirit. He had to have the power of the Spirit there applied to them. And, and even though he heard the gospel and maybe he said, you know, that kind of sounds right, but nah, no, it's, I'm right. They need to go. <laughs> but, you know, later on he wrote to the Thessalonians. He says, you know, I'm glad that the, the knowing your election of God, brethren, because the gospel came to you not in word only, but in power and in the Holy Spirit. So he had a clear understanding of how that process worked there. And so he said, it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord... What will I have me to do? So right there was a revealing. He, later on he says, When it pleased God to reveal his son in me. Well, that's right there where it, where it happened. And what will you have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless. Here They heard a voice, but seeing no man, and... <clears throat> Saul rose from the earth, and when his eyes were open, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him unto Damascus. And he was there without three days without sight, neither did he eat or drink. So that's kind of that, that how that happened and how that came about. <clears throat> so again, he was on his way to cause more havoc, but he was not, uh, he didn't go through this extended period of repentance and remorse and, oh, I'm so sorry and it would, the Lord just applied the gospel to him in a heartbeat there all the gospel he'd ever heard all the gospel that he'd committed to memory that he didn't see that he didn't understand in the Old Testament suddenly became alive to him and, and then he went and later on and studied in the desert he, he said I went immediately I, I didn't confer with man I went into the desert and and spent some time with God, and and so after his conversion, he who who he once boasted in his heritage, his works, his knowledge of Scripture. Now 
saw himself as the chief of all sinners. He says, God came to save sinners of who I am chief, the foremost, the leader, the worst. And Paul then, that he understood the almighty power that it took to overcome the sin nature and that he had been made willing in the day of God's power. And in an instant, he came to know that he did, in fact, deserve condemnation, but at the same instant was made to understand what he wrote in Romans 8, 1, that therefore there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I Certainly in chapter 7, he writes about, I thought I kept the law, but the, the law killed me, and I was guilty of it. And, and now he came to know that he was, there was no condemnation for him. And in fact, beyond that, the Lord uh, made him a, a messenger for him, made him a minister for him, enabled him, it says. And imagine being illuminated in the light of all your sin and guilt all at, at once and then at the same time learn that you're not to be charged with them. There's no condemnation that you are by a miracle of grace found righteous in the eyes of God and that because Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures what he wrote in First Corinthians 15. Paul came to understand that just as he had seemingly led a hurtful life doing injury to the people of God and causing havoc in the church he came to understand that the things which seemed at the time to be injurious and calamitous to him in his life turned out to be for the the furtherance of the gospel that, that again as we mentioned earlier that, that that same thing applied to those people to whom he, he was engaged against that they probably they pro they probably said, "Oh man, I don't, I don't see the good in this. I, I don't understand that." But if, in faith, they said, "Somehow, God is working this for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose." And you know, everything that happened to Paul, you know, he got arrested and got sent down to Rome. And and if you look in the scriptures, one he closes one of his letters saying. The brothers here at Rome greet you, including the, the household of Caesar and some servants that he named that were from Rome. So he says, I guess I was meant to be here instead of where I thought I should go and do what I thought I should do. So uh, in this pattern that we see Paul of Saul of Tarsus, as he was then known as a typical representative of unregenerate man. He's against God and against his Christ. Paul himself called it enmity against God, hatred deep and serious. And he, you know, he didn't really see it that way when he was in his unregenerate. He thought he was doing everything that God required that was written down in the law. <clears throat> but he said, I was contrary to the, the Lord. Turn over to Acts 26. We'll, we'll look at that. Uh, Acts 26. In Acts uh, 26 verse 9 and he's testifying because he's been arrested. 
for <laughs> preaching the gospel and the resurrection and everything. And and he's he's in as he's testifying about the resurrection in Acts twenty six nine. He says, "I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem. And many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having." received authority from the chief priests and when they were put to death I gave my voice against them you know we here a while back we had the lesson on the the white stone that the Lord uh, gives his people and and we knew that that we we learned that that was a in Greek times in a trial the jurors would would give a white stone for those that were pronounced innocent and if someone issued a black stone they they said that was a they they considered them guilty if they got a black stone a black bolt as we call it now and um, so so I thought I should do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth I gave my voice against those that when they were put to death I voted against when they said who thinks that these people should be put to death. I voted against them and I punished them oft in every synagogue and I compelled them to blaspheme and being exceedingly mad against them I persecuted them even unto strange cities can you imagine somebody coming to Jerusalem to worship and they've been saved and then they're trying to praise God and and he surrounds them and has them arrested and and beaten and causes them to blaspheme and and tries to make them ashamed of what they've said and, and believe and and then follows them even home when they go back to their hometown he follows them back and persecutes them some more and, and boy what a thing that he had on his conscience until the Lord uh, revealed himself to him and said you know uh, he had his purpose in it Ecclesiastes 8.4 says no one can say to him what doest thou and that's what and Daniel recorded that in uh, Daniel the book of Daniel the same thing no man can say unto him what doest thou he has a purpose and even though it may at the time it may seem bad to us at the, at the moment uh, these people that were executed probably didn't think anything good was going to come out of that but you know the one minute they were there and one minute they were with the Lord and they and they were instrumental in accomplishing his purpose and, and I'm sure they look at it that way uh, afterwards but but that you'd have to look at it that way through the eyes of faith to to go there and and s- submit to that and say well I don't know what God's purpose is but I trust him I have faith in him and if this is what he wants for me that's that's the way it'll be and <clears throat> he, he said in Galatians 1 13 uh, he was he was well known for his his acts for being uh, uh, ornery to the church and in uh, in Acts nine thirteen, uh, when when the Lord appeared to Ananias, Ananias says, "We've heard of that guy. 
we're up here in Damascus, but we've heard about him and, and all the heinous things that he has done to the, the brothers. And, and in Galatians chapter 1, verse 13, when he's writing to those Galatians, he says, For you have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. He said, it's a, it's a well-known fact. So, And then he says, here I am, the beneficiary of grace for a pattern according to the Lord's purpose. He was consenting to the death of Stephen, made havoc of the church, had believers cast in prison. He breathed out threatenings and slaughter against the church. The believers were afraid of him because of all the evil he did. He had a reputation for destroying them who called on the name of Jesus, it says in Acts 9.26. And he declared that he had persecuted believers unto death there in Acts 22, verse 4 and 5. And again, he believed he was doing God a favor by engaging in things, these things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth and, and compelled them to blaspheme and voted to have them put to death. And three more times in Corinthians, Philippians, and Timothy, he admitted to persecuting the church. And we just read in First Timothy here where he said, I was a blasphemer. I'm sure he didn't consider himself a blasphemer in his former life. I never said anything blasphemous against God, but I, I denied his son. I denied the gospel I denied all of it and that was turns out blasphemous and so for a pattern these things that they seemingly uh, demonstrate the extreme attitude of unsaved men to God that it just points out that Christ came to save sinners of whom he said I am chief and for a pattern Paul was able to write though that even in spite of his horrific behavior, he had obtained mercy. For a pattern, he was able to write that where sin did abound, grace did much more abound, Romans 5.20. For a pattern at his conversion, the Lord revealed to him the truth of election and the sovereign purpose of God who works all things according to the counsel of his own will. You know, he, he learned that he was a chosen vessel unto God to bear his name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel Acts 9.15 for a pattern he was a, at last able to understand the gospel of the covenant of grace in the Old Testament and he, and he wrote so many things about the gospel in the Old Testament practically everything he wrote came from, from the Old Testament with eyes with a, a view toward Christ in the Old Testament he says they all, all the scriptures testified of him. And, and he wrote in Romans 9.11, For the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand not of works, but of him that calleth. It was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, uh, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Quoting uh, Malachi there and in and then he reminds Timothy of that very thing uh, in chapter 1, verse 18, and, and in 2 Timothy 
He says, from a child, thou hast known the holy scriptures that are able to make you wise unto salvation. But it takes that uh, application of the spirit to to look at them and see anything but just words and and things to do and uh, and rules to follow. And <clears throat> so, for a pattern, Paul was a demonstration that God chose by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe and that. We actually, we believe according to the working of his mighty power. He wrote this in the, to the Ephesians in chapter 1, verse 19. He says, we believe by the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. <clears throat> what a powerful thing to, all these things he experienced firsthand and was able to bring them to us and, and bring us scriptures that we love to read about the power of God and salvation. And, and for a pattern, I imagine Paul certainly counted the preaching of Stephen foolishness while he held the coats of those who stoned him. You know, he was, you know, when Stephen gave that, uh, that sermon in chapter 7 of Acts and he started at the beginning and he went all the way through and to what were modern times then and preached Christ through all that. <clears throat> Paul at that time didn't see any Jesus in there and he says, boy, you got the wrong slant on all those Old Testament. That was just history stuff that tells about us and that we used to count our lineage back and all those things and uh, and, and how God is ours only and and you sure had a misunderstanding of that. Well, it turns out, he said, I was the one that didn't understand all that. And uh, for a pattern, we can't find any greater example than Paul of the long suffering of God as he waits as the husbandman for the early and the latter reign. Man, God was patient with him while he did all those things. But he had his purpose in them. And we might never know in this world the extent of them. For a pattern, Paul was able to wrote, write, I obtain mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering. For a pattern to them which hear, should hereafter believe on him to everlasting life. 1 Timothy 1.15 So for a pattern, if God can save one like Paul, he can save anyone. And all those people that said, boy, we don't want Paul coming here because <laughs> it's not going to be good. Well, it turned out that it was being worked for good. So per perhaps we know some whose sins don't be uh, seem to be as extreme as those displayed by Paul. But, uh, but uh, I'd like to end with a quote from Charles Spurgeon about this uh, Particular passage and he said the bridge of grace which is strong enough to hold an elephant will surely hold a mouse <laughs> so even though we're not maybe uh, maybe uh, so terrible as in many physical activities as Paul was we all share with him the same unbelief in our unregenerate state and that is the most serious problem of all is is unbelief so <clears throat> may the lord add blessing to this uh, message that for a pattern 
to them which should hereafter believe on him to everlasting life, the, the gospel. So thank you for your attention.